Good morning, everyone. It's, it's really nice to be back in my old um, neighbourhood. I used to live just down the road on Pentonville Road, but it's um, become quite a lot more glamorous since those, those times. So um, it's really great to see um, so many people from different um, uh, spheres of work here as well, so not just academics, people who are also working um, with students in universities, um, with faith organisations. Um, I think that the, the aim of, uh, well, one of the aims of the project I'm going to talk about was to produce some research that would be usable by people working with students, um, and so that wasn't just, you know, knowledge for, um, for its own sake. Okay, so I'm going to just change my slides. Okay, so my name is Kristin Ona, and um, I am a reader in sociology at the uh, University of Derby. I also run a research centre, the Centre for Society, Religion and uh, Belief, and we there we explore, um, sort of, you know, broadly speaking, the relationship between religion, beliefs, values, and society, and we run various uh, research projects. Um, on faith in society. We also have a multi-faith centre in Derby which is quite a nice sort of venue which I will also be talking about because that then feeds into both our research and into the student experience. So today I'm going to talk through the findings of the Christianity and the University Experience in Contemporary England project. So the first talk will give an overview um, of what we found and then the second talk will look at um, how other patterns of inclusion and exclusion, as well as religion, play themselves out. So it's all very well saying, you know, are religious students included? Then we need to look at which religious students? Um, and then even within each religion, we need to say, how are um, social inequalities, say, related to gender or ethnicity or class or disability, how do they play themselves out at universities amongst religious students. Okay, so this project was a, a three-year project um, funded under the Religion and Society Programme of the Economic and Social Research Council and the Arts and Humanities Research Council. And that was a wonderful programme that, that ran for five years or so and, and actually received quite generous government um, sort of funding via the research councils, which was, was brilliant because actually research on religion historically hasn't been funded, you know, in, in, in that sort of significant way um, for, for quite some time. So that gave an opportunity for lots of new projects to um, be started. So I worked on this project with Matthew Guest from Durham University, Sonia Sharma, who is now at Kingston University, and Rob Warner, who is at um, Chester. And it was a project that was part of the Religion and Society Youth Stream. So this is uh, what we were looking at. How does the university experience shape the identities of undergraduate students who identify as a Christian? So we, we were looking at the university sort of broadly speaking, so not just kind of what happens in classes, um, but the university experience. And of course that sort of term is something that you know has has increasingly been been important within UK education that you know it's not just going to a class to study, but it's actually a whole experience um, of living and leisure and employment, etc. So um, we wanted to explore a variety of universities. We needed to, to, to try and um, 
you know, get a, a survey that that was as representative as possible. So we selected various um, university types, um, which I'll talk about in a minute, and then within those, um, some key um, case study universities. Um, we looked at England, we didn't look at um, Wales, we didn't look at Northern Ireland or Scotland, and the reason for that really was because of the differences in the um, university system. We thought it was, it was more sensible to concentrate on England, which is of course also where the majority of the UK um, universities were located. Um, but we do think there is, there is a need for this research to be done within Wales, within Northern Ireland and Scotland um, as well. So, we were looking at undergraduate students' experiences at university. So, these were our aims. We wanted to see their beliefs, their religious beliefs, their social values, to look at the impact of the university experience on those beliefs and values, and then vice versa. We were interested in um, student organisations, so uh, Christian organisations, so including chaplaincies, um, student Christian movement um, groups, Christian unions, to see how they help students negotiate the university experience and then how they relate um, to the student body, uh, such as um, student unions, um, etc., more more widely. And then what does this mean? So, you know, how can this be used? What are the implications of um, this research? Now, methodologically, we use two methods. Um, so we used a survey um, and uh, we use semi-structured interviews. Now, the university sector, of course, is, is, is diverse. Um, so, building on the work of Paul Weller and Sophie Gilliatt Ray, um, we split uh, universities in England into five broad types. Now, this is not to say that every university fits in this in this typology. It doesn't, but most of them, sort of broadly um, speaking, do. So, you have your traditional elite universities. You have um, then the inner city red bricks, the 1960s campus universities the post-1992 universities or the new universities that um, were mostly former polytechnics, um, and then finally a group that, that often it, it is forgotten about actually in studies of university, the cathedrals uh, group universities. Now these were founded uh, mostly in the 19th century as church colleges um, associated with various different denominations, often Anglican or, um, or Methodist or, or, or Roman Catholic, um, and they recently gained university status, so in the last 10 years um, or so. Now, we started uh, with an online questionnaire. So um, we aimed to survey, and I, and I stress the word aim, we aimed to survey uh, three universities from each category, so 15 um, in uh, total. And to select as representative a sample as we could, um, including people who saw themselves as Christian but didn't necessarily participate in organised Christian um, activities. Um, we thought the best way of, of getting to them is not to go in via, say, the Christian unions, um, but actually was to go in via the university administrations themselves. Um, so um, we asked administrations if they would send a um, sample, uh, send a survey to a random sample of 3,000 um, undergraduates. Now, 
One of the most challenging aspects of the project was the negotiation of access to universities. Now, and you know, perhaps this is something that, that we can talk about um, later because it does reveal some quite interesting things, sort of who said yes and who said no, I think, says something about those kinds of universities and their attitudes to um, religion. Okay, so the survey itself um, was in uh, two parts. So the first asked uh, general questions that could be um, completed by any student, whatever their religion. So they knew it was about Christianity, but, that it, but it was open to everyone. Um, and then those who identified as Christian in response to um, a specific question we asked um, filled in the second part of the survey that asked more detailed questions about beliefs and, um, and religious practices. So that question um, that they had to tick yes to um, was, to what religion or spiritual tradition do you currently belong? Now, again, what question you choose there um, is quite important and will produce different answers. And I'll, I'll mention the census and how they do it a little bit differently um, later. So... 14 universities um, agreed to participate and their administrators uh, distributed the survey to um, 3,000 students in each via email, with the exception of Cambridge. Um, Cambridge, because it runs a collegiate system, don't really have a central sort of university um, admin team in the same way that other universities have. So you can see on the map um, the universities that we um, were able to access. So ranging, you know, from the north to um, the south, none in the southwest, although we did approach some that, that, that said no. So we aimed for a fair, fair spread geographically um, as well. So we have the traditional universities, Cambridge, Durham, UCL. We have the red brick or civic universities, Leeds, Newcastle, Sheffield. Uh, the campus universities, um, Salford and Kent. We only got two of these universities after a lot of a lot of um, effort, um, only two uh, agreed to um, participate. Then we have three post-1992 or new universities, so Derby, Kingston, um, Staffordshire, um, and three cathedrals groups, so Canterbury, Christchurch, Chester, and Winchester. Um, and we received um, just over 4,500 responses, um, and that was the survey. Now, the interview, then, was the second um, <laughs> stage. And we wanted to conduct interviews in one of each of the five university types. So these were our case studies. Now, for, for kind of obvious reasons, Derby, I worked there. Durham was where Matthew worked, so it was easier to <coughs> negotiate access um, to them. So also we looked at Leeds, um, and we studied Chester, where Rob worked, um, and we studied um, the University of Kent. And you can see all these lovely sunny photographs, and uh, it may be quite, quite cynical about universities' um, website marketing having, <laughs> having um, done this, this research project. Anyway, so um, in those universities, we interviewed, um, in each of them we interviewed 15 students, so 15 Christian students, um, and five staff or religious professionals. So um, that would include, say, um, university equality and diversity officers, students' union officers, um, chaplains. So, findings. What did we find? So, 
in the survey, and I'll talk more about the survey in this part, and I'll talk more about the interviews in the second um, presentation. So we asked, um, to which religion or spiritual tradition do you currently belong? And so this is of the whole sample um, of just over 4,500. So this is what um, the results look like. So you can see um, just over a third saying none, um, nearly 52% saying Christian. Now, the Christian figure was slightly higher than we expected. Um, and we don't think that that 52% is representative of all universities. Now, we spent a lot of time sort of, you know, working out how reliable is this, um, you know, what else can we use to verify whether this 52% is, is accurate or not. Um, and we looked at various other surveys that had been done. So, for instance, some universities on enrolment ask students their religion. A lot of them don't. Um, more and more of them are doing that, and that's a, a welcome um, thing. And when we looked at the figures uh, for other universities who had asked that question, what it seemed to be was that the figure for Christian, the average figure, was about 44%. So there is a difference there. We got 52, other surveys got 44, um, but we, we think, therefore, it's around about maybe mid-40s in your typical university, but they do vary quite significantly um, as well. So, um, this is a, a pie chart for the, those of you who um, prefer to see things visually. You can see a largest group, again, Christian um, than, than none. Now, what we, are, what we were interested in the project was not um, sort of to prove exactly what proportion of students were Christian. Um, it was more really to understand um, what the experiences of those students who are Christian were and how they negotiated university. Because I, I do think it's quite easy to, to be sidetracked into lots of, you know, well, are you correct? Is it 50 or is it 45? Actually, whether it's 40, whether it's 50, actually, it doesn't, it's not of huge consequence. The, the point is there are significant numbers of Christian and other religious students within universities and we need to take them seriously and what do we know about who they are, um, how they negotiate the university, what they need. So we found out more about that, that sort of stuff. So um, before I turn to the Christian students' responses, so, so the Christian students were about half of the, as, as I've, I've shown you, um, of all the students. So it was around sort of 2,000, a bit over 2,200 or so of them were um, Christian. And they are the ones that we have then the detailed information on. Um, but just before I do that, I wanted to just say a few words about the context, the research context, I think, that this um, speaks to. So, um, when we were conducting the research, of course, the 2011 census figures had not yet come out, and we, we were desperate for them to come out because we were just drafting the book, and we were really hoping that they would come out before the book um, manuscript had to be sent off. Unfortunately, they did, so, so, so that was good. Um, but but we, were, we were working with a you know, British Christian um, figure, or rather a, a, a um, England and Wales figure of uh, sort of 72% in the 2001 census ticking Christian when you ask um, the question, what is your religion, and then give them a list of religions to tick, or they write, or they tick none, or they tick other and write their religion in. Um, now, that figure in 2011 reduced to 59%. 
um, selecting Christian. Obviously, that's really significant uh, reduction, very, very interesting in a short space of time. Relates also to the rise of religious diversity, religious pluralism in the UK, um, as well as to um, you know fewer people going to uh, church and, and you know saying that they are, are are Christian. Now that was quite a leading question, of course. When you say what is your religion, you are implying that that the person should have a religion that they can tip yes or no to. And so that will affect the results. So whether, you know, there really are 72% or 59 who say they're Christians, sort of, you, don't, you don't know what that means. It's very difficult to sort of quantify what religiosity is. Uh, you know, hence when um, a, quite a large proportion of people said that they were Jedi Knights yes. as a way of, of sabotaging this badly designed question they, that they thought. Um, so... That's one measure of how many people are Christian. Um, also, we might think about the British Social Attitudes Survey, which asks the question a bit in, in a different way, and perhaps in a more helpful way. It says, do you regard yourself as belonging to any particular religion? Um, that produced a figure of about 44%, which, you know, interestingly, is the same as the average figure for um, student religiosity. So I found that quite interesting. But of course, the sample size is much smaller. Um, but then we might think about church attendance. We might think, well, surely if someone's really committed Christian, they will be going to church regularly. Um, now, obviously, that's a debatable uh, point. But when we, we look at that figure, it is much, much lower. So about 6% attending church on a typical Sunday in um, 2005. And that was a very large survey uh, done. Um, I think the most recent one that was quite, quite so reliable. Um, hence, sort of 2005 is a few years ago now. So, looking at these numbers then, um, some scholars say that, uh, the, un that, that um, the UK is experiencing secularisation. Um, now, what is secularisation? Well, broadly, um, it's a process, according to Wilson, where religious thinking, practices and institutions lose social significance. So it's not just about individual belief, it's also about participation, engagement with institution, religious institutions um, more broadly. And various scholars, including Brown, Verson and Bruce, have, have made this argument um, quite uh, strongly. Now... Some interesting research that sort of bear, brings something to bear on the kind of generational aspects of, of that um, was done a few years ago by David Vers, um, who's a statistician with Alistair Crockett, um, where they uh, looked at uh, British household panel survey data uh, from the 1990s, and they mapped um, a decline in rates of affiliation. So affiliation is, you know, whether people say they belong to a particular religion. Uh, belief, there was a decline in belief, so that they, for the measure of that they used whether people say religion makes a difference to their life, um, and then attendance. Now whether that is a correct measure of belief, again, is something that you could debate. But what they found um, was that there was a notable decline across all three um, aspects. And especially uh, revealing was, I think, the fact that it's not that people get less religious as they get older. Um, instead, the religious decline is happening um, from generation to generation. So they found that if um, someone was brought up with two church-going parents, 
um, there was a 50% likelihood that they would still be churchgoers themselves when they reached adulthood. If they were brought up with one churchgoing parent and the other one who wasn't, there was a 25% chance that they would stay. So it kind of reduces by half um, in that um, particular study. So it looks like something's happening to young people generationally, that each generation is less religious than the previous one. Now their survey, we have to say, looked at Christianity, didn't really look at other religions. So again, that um, you know shapes um, some of uh, the findings. And, and so they relate this to, to, to uh, partly to declining fertility rates, and um, partly to parents' sort of failure to socialise their children into um, the Christian religion. Um, so not enough children also are being born to keep up with the loss of, um, of churchgoers um, when they, the older people are, are dying. So, Christianity, according to some of these analyses, is losing significance, particularly for, for young people. Um, and indeed, some more recent surveys show that only around a third of younger people say they are Christian. So, if you look at the YouGov at Cambridge poll, that gives a, um, a figure of um, sort of just below 30% of 18 to 24 year olds said they were um, they were. Um, uh, Sorry, that was the British. Sorry, that was the BSA figures. The YouGov figures um, say 38% of 18 to 34-year-olds said they were Christian. So there's something going on with young people um, and um, religion, it seems. Now, of course, um, the religious behaviour and the church-going behaviour of people is only one aspect of religion, and there is a counter-argument that says. Um, that actually religion is thriving, it just exists in different ways other than traditional church-going or essential traditional um, doctrines. So that, you know, people may find religious belonging, say, online, you know, in a Christian Facebook group, rather than necessarily feeling the need to go to church uh, regularly. So, that, so it may not be that there's this sort of uniform decline um, in, in Christianity. Also, we have to think about the increasing presence of Christianity within the public sphere through, um, for instance, the funding of faith-based organisations. So faith schools still you know, have a very, very important, um, vibrant role within Britain. So lots of young people having exposure to sort of some level of um, Christian uh, teaching. So, you know, it isn't that the private sphere is the only place that religion exists. Actually, religion is everywhere. People are discussing religion everywhere. So just because someone is not going to church or young people are engaging less, um, you know, with institutions, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not Christian. They might be just differently um, Christian. At the... Religious studies scholar Kim Knott, who um, works up at Lancaster University, has recently um, written a, um, a, a book about the spatial analysis of, of religion. And she talks about how, if you think about there being a kind of religious sphere, then there's um, a secular sphere, that actually that's really not helpful because these spheres overlap. So traditionally, we might think about you know, the university is a secular space. 
but but actually it, it, it's not. You know, there's religion going on on the university campus. You know, just as actually even religious spaces are not necessarily I, always. Who's that? Again? Kim Knott, so K-N-O-T-T. -T. She's a um, professor at um, Lancaster University. I think the book is called A Spatial Analysis of Religion, but I can give you the, the full, uh, ref, uh, the full um, reference later. So she talks about, um, you know, we don't need to think about fixed spaces being religious or not, but instead they're porous, um, and, um, you know, the, the religious, the secular, the post-secular kind of processes rather than fixed um, spaces. So religion is not just in the church, in the mosque, in the synagogue, or the university chaplaincy building. It's potentially uh, everywhere. So with, with that as a bit of a corrective to the stats, which always tends to sort of look at, you know, Christian decline and say, well, it's obvious, you know, obvious fewer people are going to church, so Christianity must be declining. It's not, you know, that, um, that simple. Okay, so um, with that in mind, then, back to um, the survey. So we asked the Christian students if they identified as um, religious, spiritual, or, or neither. So if someone was a nominal Christian, um, you know, perhaps they didn't actively participate, um, you would expect them to um, opt for not religious or spiritual. But you can see actually a fairly small number, 16% of them um, did. So 39% said they're religious, 30% um, spiritual. Uh, and, and also in interviews, um, it's, it's important to bear in mind that some students don't, some Christian students don't like the term religious <laughs> because they think it sort of connotes a you know, traditional institution that's, that's you know, unchangeable and actually they have a living, active faith. So they will, um, they will say, I'm a Christian, but I'm not religious. Yeah. You know, meaning they're a different kind of, um, of Christian, really, sort of more vibrant Christian. So that's the figures for uh, religiosity or spiritual identification. Now, what about religious practices? Now, if we think first about church attendance, so um, we asked whether they attended church during university uh, vacations. Now, um, we also, sorry, just to backtrack a bit, we also asked if they attended church prior to university. Um, and seven in ten of them did, so quite high numbers. Um, vacation attendance, you can see on um, the chart, so about a third of them never attend in university, in university vacations, but the rest, the other two-thirds do attend sometimes. Um, you've got about 25% who are attending um, once a week, and you've got a bit below 10 who are attending more than once a week. So actually, that's fair, fairly high um, numbers. Now, what about in term times? Now, if you just watch the chart, you will see how the columns change size. So, you see the never figure has increased. Yeah, so that's very interesting. So fewer attend weekly, but another thing you will notice, if you just watch the, the, the box on the right hand, um, I don't know whether you can quite see it, you probably can't quite see it, but it does go up slightly. Um, so slightly more attend more than once a week in term time. I mean, it's by sort of one or two percentage points, and it only is relevant for um, certain universities, so particularly collegiate universities, um, Durham, Cambridge, that happened for. It didn't really happen for, for, for the others. But it, it in itself is, is quite interesting. Now, um, the never figure rises from about a third to 53% um, in, in term time. Now, um, you know, what does that mean? So is it that, you know, once they're free, away from their parents, they are 
free to decide not to go to church? Well, yes, and maybe, maybe partly. So parents take children to church in vacation, so it can easily lapse if the parents aren't, aren't dragging them along on a, on a Sunday. Um, or <laughs> it might be that they're expressing their religion just differently at um, university. Geography may have um, a part to play as well. I mentioned Cambridge and Durham, where there are slightly higher rates of church attendance. Now, Cambridge and Durham, for anyone who knows those places, have a lot of churches in the city centre. Students tend to live in the city centre, so they're very easy to get to. College chapels as well. Not the case, say, in, in Leeds or, or, or in Derby or in a number of the other places. Okay, what about individual practices then? Private prayer. Well... Um, almost half are praying um, weekly or daily. So, you know, quite large numbers of them are praying. So the, the number for never is only about 25%. Um, and there's some polarisation. You know, it's more likely that you'll hardly ever pray, or you'll pray a lot. <laughs> but um, sort of once a month prayer is, is, not, is not very popular. Okay, what about how things change during the time they've been at university? So we asked, um, had they become more religious since being at university, less religious, or had they stayed the same? And you can say, see, you know, over two-thirds, so that their perspective um, stayed the same. Now, this is interesting as well from a research point of view, because um, quite a few of the American studies of students and um, religion have, have found that going to university makes students less religious, so they drop off because of um, <coughs> university. More recent American studies found that to be no longer the case. And I would say our research backs that up, that there is not that drop-off that, that was expected. Um, not necessarily by us, but expected by, you know, perhaps university managers, perhaps assumptions about um, universities being secular places, that actually slightly more people become more religious than less religious at, at, at universities, which is very um, interesting. So, um, I've given you quite a lot of um, statistics. What about more qualitative um, data? Um, well, we asked one question in the survey, which gives some of, of this. Um, we, we asked them, in your view and in your own words, what does it mean to be um, a Christian? Now, we then um, discovered we had 2,500 answers to this, and we had to somehow categorise them. So I spent a lot, a lot of time um, sitting at my, my dining room table doing this and wished that we hadn't asked the question in the first place. But anyway, <laughs> um, we categorised the answers into seven um, themes. So I'll, I'll, I'll go through um, these. And um, for each of them, I've just listed some of the students' responses. So if we, we think about first Christian belief, so, you know, some of them said, so for instance, um, one student from Derby um, talked about it being about believe and have faith in Jesus Christ, God our Father, who we will live with um, once again. Um, now, For the second theme, Christian practice, um, there are sort of three categories within the practice-related theme. So the first uh, related to good ethical and moral conduct, so living a life helping others, not seeking personal gain by capitulating to avarice and greed, um, someone from Kent. Then we had a category that was to do with... Um, Christian practice in terms of church going, Christian rites, getting married in the church, baptism, confirmation, mission. 
So um, here we have to live uh, each day in a manner of worthy of Christ, glorify his name and to spread the gospel. So that's more sort of evangelical student talking there. And interestingly, you know, although church featured it as a part of Christian practice, actually it wasn't that important um, to students. It was more about being a part of a community than, than about attending necessarily. Attendance was rarely mentioned as part of what it is to be a Christian. Um, then another part of Christian practice related to sort of personal, um, kind of personal relationship with God, sort of following God, following the Bible, following Jesus. So um, following and committing, having a positive Christian presence around others, sharing your faith and having morals and belief in the Bible. Uh, we then had another category that was, um, uh, we ended up calling subjective spirituality. Um, and, and that included um, people who expressed uh, spirituality but not in explicit uh, Christian um, terms, um, you know, who believed that choice and personal and, and private experience was um, most important. So that's, that's there. To have faith in something you are constantly working to understand, something to base um, your, your principles on. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe it. Now this was um, you know, slightly different from what I called experiential Christ, ex Christian spirituality, which was about personal relationship with God, discussing you know, your daily life with God, um, God guiding you um, in your choices. And I, I particularly like the one in the middle here from Kent. That, um, she said, it's a way of life, not just a Sunday Thing. I enjoy having a daily cup of tea with Jesus and a chat. Um, and then we had a quite different group of responses that actually were, were quite sceptical, were quite cynical, were rather uncertain about um, Christianity. So a very simple response from one person, you know, to be a Christian means oppression. Yeah? It means you've been indoctrinated with a, with a dangerous, irrational belief. Or someone saying, I just participate um, by eating Easter eggs, that's all I do. Um, and then a, 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 someone who was born up, brought up as a, a Catholic, um, but now nothing, it meant nothing to her. So this is a pictorial um, you know, diagram showing how frequently various words were mentioned in their responses. So you can see God, belief, Jesus, life, goodness were um, important things stressed. So, um, just to bring this part to um, a, a, a conclusion, um, to, to some extent, those responses relate to different sort of kinds of Christianity. So that, for instance, evangelical Christians more more keen on emphasising belief, also more more keen on emphasising. Um, sort of experiential Christian spirituality, mainstream Protestants, Methodists more more interested in and Catholics in good moral and ethical conduct. But there were not huge differences. There were some um, differences. So what have we learned then um, from this um, summary about Christian students? Well, I think we can see that a substantial proportion of students affiliate in some way to Christianity. Um, that for most of them, Christianity is quite a stable um, identity during university. Um, that a minority of them retain Christian only as a label, so the sceptical or cynical um, group. 
a minority expresses subjective or agnostic form of Christianity, and a minority see church-related activities as central to their faith. So again, that speaks a bit to the debates about, you know, how do you measure Christianity? Do you just measure church attendance or not? That actually for them, church is not that, that important. Um, more of them are concerned about practice, and this was something I, I found particularly interesting. You know, that, that actually for them, being a Christian was about how you behave, what you do, how you orientate your whole life. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, so much. Belief was important, but it wasn't just about um, belief. Now, this also leaves us with various questions. So, you know, how does Christianity retain its significance then if they're not going to church? Um, could we say that what's going on is a kind of um, vicarious religion? Now, some of you may know the work of the sociologist of religion, Grace Davy, um, who was the person who originally came up with the idea of believing without belonging and said that's what we see in um, the UK today. She's more, more recently written about how um, a lot of British people, they feel like they're religious because they're in a country where there are religious people doing things on their behalf. So, you know, we're happy that religious professionals are delivering the thought for the day message on Radio 4 in the morning. We're happy that churches exist to which we could go if we wanted, but we don't necessarily participate ourselves. And I do think this is going on a bit, a bit with students, particularly in how they're using some of the um, university-provided faith services, such as chaplains. Um, such as multi-faith centres, that they're happy they're there, but they don't always um, access them. Christianity is also something that's embodied for them, you know, it's very much in, as I said, daily ac action um, practice. Um, but it also then raises issues about how we measure it, you know, the, the, the fact that it was very difficult for us to, to decide on how we create sort of the question that, that asks, well, are you Christian in the first place? How do you measure that is, is very, very important. So it opens up, um, I think, a, a lot of um, debates and, and doesn't necessarily find answers to, to all um, of these. Okay, I think I'm going to pause um, now. now do